What time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. So welcome to Position of Neutrality. Welcome to New Freedom. Uh, who's here tonight for the very first time? Anybody? Wow. Okay, a few of you. So first of all, welcome. And second, let us warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. primary reason that's liable to happen is that we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years, we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what I do here is, is try and show you how I find my experience in the book and encourage you to have your experience because it is a book of experience and because there are no living authors of this book, no one you've met in the modern fellowship is we. The, the experience they detail is their testimony, not our testimony. But because they promise us that rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path, it's wise to look at their testimony, not listen to other opinions, other places, because they've already warned us that rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Right? So we got to know who R is, and then we can dig in deeper to figure out what this path is to an awakening. Yes? Okay, so tonight we're going to take a look at steps five, six, and seven. Those of you that were here two weeks ago and thought we were going to do that and you were going to miss it because of the holiday, we never do that on Thanksgiving. We've been doing this for lots of years, so we do whatever we want to do on Thanksgiving <laughs> and then we come back and get back in order so no one misses anything. So those of you that were here last week for Thanksgiving, you saw us do step 12 because people in the room wanted to have a sharing of step 12 and now we're back in order. The other thing I want to tell you tonight, there's two groups every week where the public is invited to come be with any members that we have here. Any new members in here tonight for the first time? Good. First of all, welcome. Welcome home in all sincerity. If your family's in the area or you have friends in the area that want to come be with you in this and in the Recovery Church on Saturday night, you're welcome to bring the family here for those events because we, we want the you know, sort of the reunion of your, your family to at least see what efforts you're making and where you're making it and what we're doing here if you, if you want to share it with them. And, and then members of the public, you're welcome to come to the same events if you want to support our men and women who are returning home to us. So we're tonight going to be looking at uh, steps five, six, and seven. And those are, the instructions for those are started in chapter six, a little chapter called Into Action. I call that to your attention because now that we've taken the first step of action, which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted, now there's some more actions to be taken in order to cast out those things in ourselves which have been blocking us from this experience of power. Yes? Okay. Notice how it says into action, not into thinking. How many of you discovered you could not think your way into a better way of acting? Because the main problem centers in the mind. So we've learned that although you may not immediately feel what's happening to you and through you, if you'll take the steps, the mind and body will catch up. All right? That's why we walk with you. 
Any of you, how many of you have been blessed with a spiritual awakening as a result of steps and is endeavoring to show others and can witness to them that you weren't immediately enlightened? You were set free gradually? Yes? That's what happens to all of us? Okay. So, having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? How many of you had someone helping you to make the personal inventory? So you didn't have to ask what you were going to do about it because they were probably showing you what they did about it, right? Okay. We've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. Is that what you've been trying to do? Half the original fellowship were atheists or agnostics. They either believed that God did not exist or God could not be proven to exist. And so by this time... They at least understood they were trying to get a new relationship with Creator. Why would someone who does not believe in God want a new relationship with Creator? They're in the process of coming to believe. And what we learn as a result, not a theology, what we learn is my relationship with creation is my relationship with Creator. So if I believe in creation... I might want to check in with Creator if I'm having a difficult time. Yes? Okay, because the problem centers in the mind, right? Okay, so we have admitted certain defects and we've ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. So that's what they did. How many of you have done an inventory? Did you ascertain in a rough way what the trouble was? And what was it? Very eloquent, Sean. <laughs> so self-manifested in various ways is what had defeated me, and I started looking at fears, resentments. Yes? Okay. Um, we've put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Have we done that? Now these are about to be cast out. Claim that promise. If we do what they did, these things that had previously defeated us will be cast out. Because this isn't their opinion, this is their experience. This is their testimony. Does that make sense? Okay. This requires action on our part. So it doesn't, the promise doesn't come without a condition. What's the condition? I'm going to have to take some action. They're not going to ask us to make it up. They're going to tell us precisely what they did, what they experienced as a result. Okay. So which, when completed, will mean that we've admitted to God. When I say God, what do you say? Power, because we're coming to believe in power. You may not have your head around the word God yet, but when we say God, what we really mean is power, peace, happiness, a sense of direction flowing in. Yes? yes. Sensory, tangible power. Okay? To ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. What was the preceding chapter? How it works, where they describe the entire process all the way through 11. Yes? And even a little blurb on 12, because they told me when I couldn't get out of my head, go help somebody else. Right? Okay. All right, so this is perhaps difficult. So how many of you were okay with maybe taking an inventory and you weren't even too troubled by saying a prayer, but I'm not telling nobody about that thing. Or I'm not afraid to tell someone about it, 
but I'm not paying that son of a bitch back. <laughs> so I only call that to your attention because we don't ever want your experience of five to be stolen from you because you're afraid of something coming forward. Do what's indicated and the fear will dissipate. Does it make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, so it goes on to say, we think we've done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. So how many of you have done that? How many of you have been awakened as a result of steps, have shown others, still done something where you hosed it and thought keeping it to yourself was enough? Because this is a manner of living, right? How many of you have found it was harder for you to live with some of that stuff as you grew spiritually? But this is a manner of living, so this is unfolding as we go, yes? Okay. So there's doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. See how they're letting us know, look, what you're going through, we went through. In fact, we still go through, yes? How many people have been here more than a little bit, and we still go through it? Hope they didn't see that shit. Okay. There are no secrets in the realm of the spirit. We were always witnessed by one. And that's the one I'm running from anyway. So I might as well quit pretending that I'm invisible to the creator. Yes? Okay. So many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We'll be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. How are you that way? All that stuff sounds fine, but show me, don't tell me. That's what most of us are, right? Okay. So they say the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Well, we better ask, did you come here to overcome drinking or addiction in some way? How many of you just here rested? You guys think it's funny, but some of us have come just to rest, haven't we? So this is a good place to hide out if we want to convince a few people we're serious. <laughs> You may not get the effect if your motive isn't pure. That's all we're trying to point out. And most of us know something about that. What's the first step in recovery? We learned we had to fully concede to our innermost self. Can't do that based on a lie. So I ain't lying to you when I've got a false motive for doing something. I'm just lying to me. Okay. All right. So time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. So in this instance, everyone after Dr. Bob is a newcomer. So do I have any newcomers in now? Yeah. Okay. So trying to avoid this humbling experience, they've turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. How many of you have had some clean time twisted off again? Did you wonder why you fell? Did you have a whole lot of people giving you ideas... They don't know, just so you know, they don't know. Okay, so what these guys are going to speculate is based on their experience. We think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. Do you guys know that doing an inventory is not a completed house cleaning? Do you know doing a fifth step is not a completed house cleaning? See, I don't complete my house cleaning until I've honored my commitment. My commitment is as long as I have breath, I will use it to advocate for my brother and sister, which is going to require that I make amends, wake up, 
and carry this message to others. And at some point, what I thought was a wasted life will experientially change or avert suffering for another. Therefore, I was prepared for that moment as a healer, and it was not suffering, it was purpose. Does that make sense? Because we serve a healer, and we need to grow into that. Okay, so they took inventory all right, but hung on to some, some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. Notice the word thought in italics, those of you following in a book. Why did they do that? The main problem centers in the mind. We can't think our way into a state of being. We'll teach, there's even books written on, you know, but you cannot think your way into a state of being. You can't even act your way into a state of being. You can only be in a state of being. The minute you recognize self in that being, there you are. You ever done something that was really what you thought selfless? And thought, my, how humble of me. Where's the humility in that? How many of you have gone out to selflessly serve the downtrodden and then caught a little selfie of it? <laughs> so this is trickier than it would seem. I, it's going to be a power greater than me that can remove me from the equation, and it's only going to happen when I turn my thoughts to another. And that's the only time I'm going to get more power than I need is when I turn my thoughts to another, because that's the indicated time. Does it make sense? Okay. So, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. All is in italics. Why? But they're not talking about perfection, right? Because some people will think, oh, well, I didn't write down enough. Fuck, you can't, probably can't even remember it all. How are you going to write it all down? My life isn't over because I made a decision. My life began when I made a decision. I was dying one day at a time until I made a decision. Does that make sense? So I'm going to keep, again, I'm going to be advocating for a lifetime. Does it make sense? Okay. So it says, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. How many of you have a persona? Most of my friends here that are members, we had a persona, and you don't have to be incarcerated to have one, but it was particularly useful if you were. <laughs> yes? I ain't lying, am I? Okay. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. How many of you feel that? Own that? Act it out in ways to prove your persona and knew it wasn't you. And how can they not know this is not really me? Because we're such good actors. Yes? Those of you, when you go through your step process, you'll find that out about yourself. You were never what you were trying to portray, and so the conflict was all within you. Yes? Okay. So the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. Any of you have sprees? Some of them are in... Detailed records somewhere, probably. Um, coming to his senses, he's revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. Any of you have vague remembrances? Not you can remember, huh? You can't, hey, how many of you 
Don't know whether you remember it or you've just heard the story told about you. Okay, well, that qualifies for that passage. Okay. These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. Where did they tell us the power was found? Deep down inside, where I'm stuffing all my garbage. Doesn't sound like a very good plan, does it? But to a person, people in an addictive disorder, that's our plan. Let me just stuff it down. He says he's under constant fear and tension. How many of you can relate to that? The doctor, the doctor Silkworth opined that if you're the alcoholic type, you will be restless, irritable, and discontented unless you can again experience that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which he sees others taking with impunity. And the authors are confirming that is exactly, they didn't have his eloquent medical language, but they said, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty cranky till I get my shit. Okay. And that makes for more drinking. Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. So how many of you saw some psychiatric professionals? I, come on, I should see a lot more hands. <laughs> we have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. Have you spent thousands of dollars? Have you, have you used insurance policies that spent thousands of dollars? Were you wards of the state who spent thousands of dollars? Okay. Okay, I just want everyone to feel included. <laughs> we know but few instances where we've given these doctors a fair, fair break. So when you got to see these doctors, did you tell them the whole truth? Did you follow their advice? We've seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. So the point there is we talk experience here for a very sound reason. We all just collectively admitted that we've spent thousands of dollars for informed medical opinions, lied to get those opinions, and ignored the results. So opinions have no depth and weight. We're not here to hear your opinions. What we're here to hear, to hear, to hear is your experience of power and the redemptive power and the revelatory power that allows you to sit here today free. Right? Okay. So small wonder in the, many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. How many of you had some drug things going on in addition to alcohol? Did you notice the doctors had a low opinion? Did they tell you you're exhibiting drug-seeking behavior? Come on, where's my kindred spirits? That's kind of the way they have a little system set up, right? You got to go show them symptoms and got to help direct them. You know, I can't take that. It's bad for my belly. I need, how do you say it? Percocet. Uh, We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live longer happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. So how many of you did have to think long and hard before you asked for help? How many of you are still contemplating asking for help? So that's right and natural. 
This is a confidential step. Just don't die in your fear of reaching out for help because that's a real possibility, right? But we understand, we, we, we get it. Um, those of us belonging to religious denomination which requires confession must and of course will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. They're very specific. If your religion requires a certain practice, do not deny that practice, but do not supplant your AA practice with it because it may not give you the depth you need. And you will find your AA practice, your recovery practice, with your religious practice will deepen both. Okay, so, so though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. How many of you have had that experience, either yourself or with someone you worked? Right, you know why people oftentimes want to talk to an established ordained person? Yeah, lots, lots of crimes. Anything that the statute of limitations isn't up on. Or anything I'm not ready to face the music on, yes? Because it may not even be that serious, but to me it's freaking serious. Anyone know what I'm talking about? If I do that, I'm going to lose my job. And I kept using for a week, lost that some bitch anyway. But it was a very real fear. None of you ever lost a job? If I do that, I'm going to lose all my stuff. You ever thought that? Everyone, all my stuff. <laughs> yes, officer. Um, though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to go to someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. What is our problem? What they said their problem was and what they discovered and encouraged us to look into was selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our problem. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-seeking, self-delusion, and self-pity, I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt me seemingly without provocation. But I invariably find that at some time in the past I made decisions based on self which later placed me in a position to be hurt. Which is... That's their experience. It's been mine. If you go through the process, it may be yours. Yes? And even those people that hurt me that I had no part in, the fact that I was dying of that resentment many years later, sitting in my unforgiveness, still, I still was clinging to something instead of using it, putting it to use. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So, of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. How many of you have... <laughs> How many of you have encountered people that don't understand alcoholics? How many of you are surprised where you encountered them? How many of you encountered them in Alcoholics Anonymous? How many of you encountered them in your family? How many of you were working with somebody and then got mad at them when they acted out in their addiction? Ah, you don't understand alcoholics. So we never have to chase it very far, right? Because the main problem center is in the mind. I can get mad at me for the way I think. And you know, not mad at I know you can get mad at me for the way I think. But do you ever get mad at you for the way you think? <laughs> okay, so, so the understanding I'm going to gain, that's why it's always in past tense. It's always in italics when you see it on the walls. God, as we understood him, it's not 
a God of my understanding. It's God as they understood him, but the understanding I had of God back then when I encountered this power is not the understanding I have today. What I understood then, I've experienced something and I've gained, I've grown in understanding, which is why, as I know myself to be a healer and not a critic, I go to discipline quicker. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, If we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed-mouth understanding friend. So, that is what we're hoping to grow into, a closed-mouth understanding friend. How many of you would have to admit, when you first came around, and maybe for some time thereafter, you were neither closed-mouthed nor understanding? Sometimes Sometimes we're a little judgmental. Sometimes we run our mouth. How many of you have found over time that that has been diminished? That people can, can take you into confidence and it stays with you? How many of you have heard things that you thought used to disturb you and when you heard it from them you had compassion? Because we didn't make that happen, right? It just happened. That's a power greater than us operating through us. Okay. All right, so perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot, cannot disclose to our wives or our parents which, um, anything to our wives or parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. So get some help with who's ever mentoring you with that stuff, because we sometimes think, I need to run and unburden myself, and that's not the point. What I need to do is unburden them, and sometimes I'm going to need a little help in prep. Okay. Um, Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand, yet be unaffected. So understand what? Understand that I'm in the search, my search for the truth. Not my truth, not your truth, the truth. Which is why your opinion has no bearing on the truth. Any of you ever noticed that there's a little difference oftentimes between my truth, other people's truth about me, and then the truth about me? Okay, so I'm, I'm in my search for the truth, and I just need for you to be understanding that that's what I'm doing. Yes? And then unaffected. So if I'm helping you, I'm unaffected by that truth. Okay? Um, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. So that's pretty simple. If you can't be considerate of others, then you need to recuse yourself, find another closed-mouth understanding friend, hand them off. Right? Okay. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be that one is so situated there is no suitable person available. Do you think that's true in Phoenix, Arizona today? (laughs) Yeah, it could happen anywhere, actually. But we think there's, there's no place available, but there are situations where we're so locked in fear we can't do it, and there's some places where you're just plain locked up and you have no place to store anything that you can't, you know, you don't want someone's eyes on, yeah? Okay, so if that's so, this step may be postponed only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through it at the first opportunity. So sponsors, you miss an opportunity if when they're not coming clean, you're going to know they're not coming clean. If you don't point out to them, look, I know you're holding back and I don't expect you to do anything you can't do right now, but take it to prayer. Go back inward and if you, if, if you just can't do this, then you can't. But understand, you don't get to lie to me without my permission. You're lying to you, you ain't lying to me. 
I know you're holding back. You know how I know you're holding back? Because you're holding my hit. Because when, when you cough it up, there's going to be a flow. And I have always known when someone holds my hit. You too, huh, Jay? I ain't lying. Who's heard a fifth step? Who felt the flow of the Spirit when they coughed it up? We live for that shit. <laughs> Don't hold back. Okay. All right, so, so we say this because we're very anxious to talk to the right person. It's important that he be able to keep a confidence, that he fully understand and approve what we are driving at, and that he will not try and change our plan, but we must not use this as a mere excuse to postpone. So the Spirit may convict who I'm working with, or they may convict me when I'm working with someone, and say, this is not the right person for whatever reason. I don't know, so it's not me to beat it out of them. Just make sure they go inward to get their answers. The answers for you are in you. And then it may be that they need to work with somebody else, right? Okay, so when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. So how many of you have discovered that? Any of you told your story to somebody and you really hadn't ever told it, and all of a sudden when you met them, you just puked it out? So that's their experience, too. We don't need to be coerced. Generally, we just want some understanding, yes? Okay. Um, we have a written inventory and we're prepared for a long talk. So they've told me what wasting no time looks like. I'll have something written and I'm prepared to have a discussion. Yes? How many of you had the inability to write for one reason or another? Did you admit that? Because if you'll admit it to them and someone knows what they're doing, they'll write for you. You know why I know? Yeah, I, I couldn't write. Not because I was afraid to write. Because I had DTs so bad I couldn't write. And I luckily was with someone who knew what was up and saw that I could barely sit in the freaking chair. So he said, talk slow. I'll write it down for you. And had he not done that, I have no way of knowing, but likelihood is I would have been greatly delayed. Um, so we explained to our partner what we're about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we're engaged upon a life and death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They'll be honored by our confidence. So the reason you want to ask somebody as soon as you feel inspired to is they're going to be honored by the fact that you involved them and trusted them with that. And you never want to deny somebody else that kind of honor. And you don't want to deny yourself the experience if the Spirit's telling you this is the one. Right? So I'm just telling you, everyone thinks they're you know, got something that no one's ever heard, and if it's got a name, someone's heard it. <laughs> so, goes on to tell you, we pocket our pride and go to it. So why do they paint that picture? How many of you really had a hard time still reveling in the story in your mind? How am I going to spin this to make me look a little better? I really want this guy to like me, and if I tell that part about the... Okay, so they... I'm going to have to shelf that to get through what I'm going through so the spirit can engage. Does it make sense? Um, every dark, every twist of character, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. If once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. I always point out that promise to anyone I'm walking through this with as soon as we get the flow of the spirit. Because I like to call to their attention the flow of the spirit I just experienced with them. So once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, what's the promise? We are delighted. 
You may feel their delight when they don't feel their delight because they've been so dead so long they don't know what they're feeling. I was that way. I had to have it called to my attention what happened to me. I didn't have my fifth step experience until I helped someone else have a second step experience. Make sense? Okay, so then it says we can look the world in the eye. How many of you got so degraded in your own experience out running that it was hard for you to look the world in the eye? These are great promises that should have been hung on every wall before the ones that we... Because this is, this is a big deal. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. How many of you could not for a long time be alone at perfect peace and ease? Couldn't hardly be alone at all and you're never at peace, yes? Okay, so they're promising that absence of that conflict that's constantly going on, yes? Um, our fears fall from us. How many of you had that happen? Immediately when you tell that thing that you were so afraid of being condemned for and there's no condemnation, that fear goes away. Right? You get, start to get gradually free, yes? Um, we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. This is where the atheists and the agnostics start to realize the tangible power of God. When we're feeling that and we call it to their attention, see how they're not talking about a concept? They're not talking about any of the silly stuff we've heard over the years, a group of drunks or a light bulb or a doorknob. That's nonsense. The power's found within. It's not a concept. We start with our own concept. We have our encounter. We make a decision by asking the power to come into us and go into us and help us in the searching, fearless search, yes? And by this time, that calamity, pomp, and worship, I've examined it, I know the grace I've experienced, and I'm feeling the flow now. And they wrote it down so that we would know this isn't a concept, it's not a chair, it's not an inat- a sock named Oscar, some ye- yahoo said for years around. It, 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 we, and why do I care? Because I don't want people dying because of misinformation. This is the truth. This is the truth, the tangible power of your creator dwelling in you. And I want you at least to be given the honor of the truth about that. One time before you die, if that's your decision. Yeah? Okay. So once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. So why do they say having had a spiritual awakening? Because we're starting to have an unfolding spiritual experience. The relevant manner of living, the tangible power of God, a purpose, right? And we're starting to go out in purpose. And as we exercise our step process, witnessing to others of the redemption we've experienced and why we're now endeavoring to help them, we continually improve the flow of the Spirit in us. Yes? Okay. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. How many of you knew when you got through this phase that something was different? How many of you stopped and it didn't stay different? So that's a promise and a warning. You get, don't, don't let temporary relief stop you from 
fully enjoying, right? You didn't open the cork on a bottle and, whoo, tipsy. Drink that shit. Okay. So we feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. That's an interesting metaphor too. How many of you discovered what you thought was a narrow way was indeed both a narrow way and a broad path? Once you were only playing for an audience of one, did you not feel freer? Did you not have to relinquish a lot of ways you thought to get to that point? So it's not, it's not incorrect biblically for those of you who are grading. What we're saying is we feel a whole lot freer, but we're going to have to enter through that narrow, narrow door of the ego and cast it out. Right? Because there's a better way. Okay. So returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. That's a pretty simple direction. Okay? Carefully reviewing what we've done. So now they're going to tell us we're going to get out the inventory we've written and shared, whatever notes we've made, and we're going to start with a prayer. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Capital H. Why do we know him better? Because we've begun to feel the nearness of our creator. We know that when people speak of God, we're experiencing power, and that's what we're talking about regardless of our theological prejudice. Yes? Okay. Taking this book down from the shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we've omitted anything, for we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. So some questions now. Is our work solid so far? So I'm looking back over what I did and what I told, and have I really got all the facts? Yes? Um, are the stones properly in place? They spoke of a cornerstone of willingness. Willingness is divine power. Am I, am I really seeking power? Am I earnestly asking for power to move forward into the fear? Yes? Okay. Have we skimped on the cement put in the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? So let's go to the page that contains the 12 steps. Got to go to 59. I would have said 58 because this is what Sean and I do for years and years now. It's true. Um, 59, first part of the first step, we admitted, excuse me, we were powerless over alcohol. Powerless when? Before and after. Because of the phenomenon of craving that developed. But what people miss sometimes in our fellowship is I'm powerless before. The insanity of addiction happens before I take the first drink or drug, which is why thinking it through won't work, which is why playing the tapes won't work. Might work for some non-alcoholic types, and it might even work for an alcoholic type for a certain time. But at some time, they don't announce when, but they do tell you that the alcoholic will not be able to bring to consciousness with sufficient force the memory of suffering humiliation of even a week or a month ago. So I'm going to have, I can have a memory, this is going to suck, but I won't be able to bring to consciousness with sufficient force enough to stop me because what I'm going through right then sucks more than my memory. Does it make sense? So because of that, I'm powerless no matter how many years I've been off the juice. Yeah. 
I have to maintain my spiritual condition. Okay, so we got that. Dash, that our lives have become unmanageable. Now, they made me cop to that. You know, I heard old-timers years ago that told me that they thought that said their wives had become unmanageable for the first three years. <laughs> but what they said is our lives have become unmanageable, but they didn't tell me about unmanageability until the second step. So they made me take a step of faith before the process could activate, because God's moved by faith, not by need. Those of you who are biblical scholars, check me on that too. <laughs> okay, there's lots of need in the world, but if you activate faith, God responds. Okay. All right, so what is the unmanageable life? Shall we look at that? That was loud, wasn't it? Okay, let's go back to page 50. Is that what I want to do? 52. This is my first time. Bear with me. Okay, page 52. Let's look at the unmanageability they cop to. Middle of the page. We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. Have you ever been told that we don't treat addiction in 12-step recovery? We treat a human condition in 12-step recovery. That, and so... What my underlying problem was never alcohol, drugs, that was a symptom of my underlying problem. So I got to look at my human condition and see why I'm always out looking for ease and comfort and I get caught in these loops. Okay, so, so let's see if we relate to having a human condition. We were having trouble with personal relationships. Any of you ever have trouble with personal relationships? How many of you figured out people were the problem? How many of you isolated yourself all the way? Still had trouble with personal relationships. <laughs> Main problem centers in the mind, right? Okay. All right, so it says we couldn't control our emotional natures. Any of you discovered that? Did you know that you were never designed to control your emotional nature? You were designed to be awake enough to experience your emotional nature, nature for effect. But your emotional nature is just a, yeah? Okay. All right, so we were prey to misery and depression. How many of you discovered that when you sobered up? That's what I was medicating all that time, part of it, until that didn't seem to help, and I just stayed there. Any of you suffer from depression, anger without enthusiasm? <laughs> Um, couldn't make a living. Now, they're not saying you couldn't get a job, just couldn't seem to keep it together, hold it together. Any of you had that experience? Had the skills and abilities, but got a case of the fuckets? Had a real powerful quit muscle? <laughs> okay. Had a feeling of uselessness. Any of you wake up with that? How many of you did really good? in your work life, in your family life, outwardly, everything looked fine, what's the use? Tell me that doesn't happen to all of us from time to time, really. This is why it's a manner of living. This is why the discipline's so important. That's going to happen to us years in recovery. You have everything you thought you ever wanted, and you're still going to feel less than... You know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right, so, so we were full of fear, we were unhappy, couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. 
Notice the word real. How many of you never knew what it was to be of real help, although you were always a helper, until you shared yourself with somebody and saw them get up and walk? It's a big deal. It's a a powerful promise. Um, Was not a basic solution to these bedevilments more important than what we could see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. So So that was what I copped to in the second part of step one. And then in step two, it said we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And they took me on this journey inward. And they told me that my consciousness of this power was obscured by calamity, pomp, and worship. And that if I wanted to improve my consciousness of that experience that someone shared with me, that the Sometimes I'm going to have to search fearlessly within, which is starting to get me revved up to say a prayer or whatever that is, yes? And power, when we say power, we mean that. We We didn't mean God. We meant power for a reason. We call the power God because of the sensory nature. If we didn't call it something, we wouldn't agree on the experience we were having. And the power will reveal to yourself, to you, who he is in time. Because that's what happens. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Probably the biggest deception in modern fellowship is that says the God of my understanding. No, it does not. Read the damn book. Who's we? The first 100. So I'd have to see what they experienced and see the understanding. Bill Wilson talks about how he had that revelation. And he, he said, at long last, I saw... The miracle of Ebby, the hopeless drunk, sitting before him in the kitchen, stone cold sober. I felt the revelation of his time in the graveyard, and God had come to him, and then had been blotted out by worldly clamors, and his grandfather in the churchyard, and all the things he said, revelatory experiences, a movement of the spirit. He said it made him swallow hard. How many of you have had a movement of the spirit that forced an emotional response in you? Would you describe it if you didn't know any other way to describe it? Is it made you swallow hard? Trying to ch- okay, that's what they're talking about. So the God that he understood went from does not exist to a power in me in that instant. At long last, I saw, I felt, then I believed. And so any time we don't take them through that process, it's because we're too afraid to just be a vessel of the truth. So don't be that guy. Tell them the truth. You're not here to heal them anyway. The one in you will heal them. You're just here to bear witness. That's what you said you'd do. Okay. So better keep your promise if you're sitting here sober. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Admitted to God, to ourselves, another human being, the exact nature of our defects. So if we got that, now we're back on page 76. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. So am I okay? Do I get it? I'm going to need to do this for a lifetime. It's a process of making amends for harms done so I grow in spiritual fitness so I can carry this message. So I can go in these places without judgment and just bear witness to the redemptive power that sent me in and will carry me out. Right? Okay? We then look at step six. We've emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Do they get that through? You've got to be willing. We hear it in the modern fellowship all the time. I'm not going to work with you. You ain't willing. That's a person who does not understand alcoholics. 
Because willingness is divine power. Of course they're not willing. You're not showing them the love that they need to know in order to aspire to be better. How many of you had somebody love you when you were very unlovely? Probably more times than we can count, too, right? Okay. Okay, so are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Question mark. Are we ready? I've identified them now. Am I ready? Is the truth that I am ready, but I've got some I'm a little nervous about? Are there some I'm still thinking, well, maybe that one will, maybe I won't have to do that one? So that's where you'll hear people say, why don't you do the ones I'll do right now, the ones I will pray for willingness for, and the ones I'll never do, but I'll keep asking for power. Right? Because that may take a minute, but at least you'll get an indicated list that way, right? Can he now take them all, every one? Why'd they ask that question after the other? Because they wanted me to do what I just did to you. Let's be honest. Something, let me tell you about me. One of the things is that I, I had some anger issues that I was not prepared to let go and ask this question. I knew I needed what I was going through, but I lived to get vengeance on the sons of bitches who had done that to me. And I came out of this, and that was still my purpose for living. And I had to get honest that that was what drove me and do the ones I could do. And as I experienced the profound experience of owning my own crap, that other list went away. Does that make sense? I, this is what happened to me. I, but I've heard a lot of other people tell me the same thing. I've even sat with some people that have had the same experience. So if we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So now my prayer life, regardless of my theology, ought to be asking this power within me to give me the willingness. How many of you have had what you thought was willingness, but not enough power to carry it out? So you don't need 100% confirmation. You need 50 plus 1 and then walk. You'll come into agreement, huh, chap? You'll come into agreement as you grow in faith. The faith you need is already in you. You'll have to spend it to know it. You've got to get this whole faith thing. They talk about it over and over again. Faith without works is dead. Why? Because I have to spend it to know it. And all I spend here is stored for me up there, and I get more to use here. It's an interesting currency, faith. You're sitting in a center built on nothing but faith. For, for people who most people won't build things for. But God will. Because you're God's warriors. Believe that. You've been specially trained. So when ready, we say something like this. I'm going to go through the prayer, and then I'm going to kind of look back through it, and we'll, we'll close up. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me Good and bad. So how many of you have done this and discovered there was a little good and there was a little bad? How many of you have looked at other people and discovered in everyone we've ever worked with there's a little bit of good in the worst of us and a little bit of bad in the best of us? Okay. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. How many of you did not know that there were things you thought assets 
were, that were indeed defects, and they stood in the way of your usefulness, and things you thought defects were in fact a part of you that was uniquely useful to others. We're not the best judge of our defects, guy. That's why I need power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction, because things, let me tell you, I, I thought myself quite witty. I still think myself somewhat witty. I was working in a behavioral health center for seriously mentally ill people, and I found myself trying to be humorous. And after the class, a young man who was very attentive and very nice came up to me and was obviously troubled and said, Joe, why are you making fun of us? It crushed me. Because that was not my intent. But I had confused an asset, rather a defect, for an asset. And it may be an asset in another setting, but in that setting, it was a defect. And without being informed in the spirit, I could not know. But I serve a very grace-filled God who let me know in a private way, in a profound way, that I have not made that mistake that I know of since. I seek the spirit before I share those types of things. And that Does it make sense? Okay. Um, grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We've then completed... Step seven. So the only thing I want to touch on is over the years, people have done things. They've taken the third step prayer out. They put an amen on. I want to point out to you the third step prayer is half of the prayer. The seventh step is the other half of the prayer. That's why there's not an amen on the third step, because God doesn't make too hard terms on those who earnestly seek, and I haven't done any seeking yet. I've just asked for power to do some seeking, and then I'm going to go inward. I'm going to get armed with the facts about myself. Then I'm going to find out those harms I've done, what I'm going to go out in, and I'm damn sure going to need power then. Now I need agreement. There's my amen. Does that make sense? So if they just did the third step prayer, again, the old timers used to say, three flogs on a log. One makes a decision to jump. How many are on the log? Three, because all he did was make a fucking decision. He didn't jump. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. There's going to be an indicated action if a decision's been made. Does it make sense? All right. Thanks much. We'll see you next week. We'll get an eight and nine. <laughs>